the thing about Disney World, and I said that we were just on a cruise and we were on Disney's Island, and I think the thing that makes Disney World Disney World isn't the characters, isn't the employees or the cast members, whatever you want to call them. It isn't even like the food or like the theming. It's the landscaping. Like I was looking, I was talking to you, dad, about this and I was like, because like an island can be an island or it can look like an island until you really, really perfect it and like make the landscaping all plush and stuff. And I looked at it. I was walking down the sidewalk. Uh, we were on a cruise and we were on that island. And I was like, I think what makes Disney Disney is like the cleanliness, obviously. But like the landscaping is what I think makes it Disney almost. Like, and it's so weird how it has such an effect on you mentally, like the landscaping. Like you would never think that it would, you know? Right, because they put that attention on the finishing touches and we notice differences in different types of theme parks and how they don't take that same uh, detail-oriented um, orientation to their to their parks or to their to the boats or what, whatever it might be. But you know, everybody's not a Disney fan. But if you look at the attention to detail, that w- that's what makes all the difference. And that landscaping on that island, like you said, I've been to other private islands and. That one is just incredible with the landscaping. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's another episode. It's late, though. But let's go. All right. So today we're going to be talking about, um, we're just going to be covering calling. Um, not just covering or not just covering calling like in the most basic way, but covering specifically the development of calling, why you should be not the development of your calling, but you being developed in order to walk into calling. And so, um, I want to read this one verse in Ephesians four. Let me flip to it real quick. Um, yeah, right here. Ephesians four, verse one. Um, it says, therefore, this is Paul talking right here. Therefore, I, a prisoner, so he was in prison right here, uh, awaiting possible, like, getting possibly getting executed in this situation. He says, therefore, I, a prisoner for serving the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling, for, <clears throat> for you have been called by God. And so I think this is cool. Like, it's literally saying, all of you listening to this podcast, <coughs> you all have a calling. You all have something that God has made you for, and you already have that even if you don't see it yet. You already have it even if it doesn't seem obvious. Like, I I remember being around a lot of other people and them being like, yeah, I'm going to do this. I'm going to speak to this many people. This is how many people are going to get saved. I'm going to do this, and I'm going to be this kind of businessman or whatever. And I was like, that's awesome, bro. Like I, I, But, like, why am I not getting this, you know, like, why am I not getting this clarity of my calling? And the reason why is I needed more trust in God and not more clarity from him. And I think trust is sometimes, or trust is way more valuable than clarity for me anyway. And when you can trust God is not necessarily when he will clarify everything, but when you can trust him even if he doesn't. 
Absolutely. When, and that's, I think, some of the hardest things for us to do is trust trust that in, in a calling and recognizing it and being able to know when it's when it's actually God calling us. Mm-hmm. So to identify that is key. Yeah. Yeah, and um, like I said, every one of you has a calling, and I remember being at, um, talked about this many, many times on this podcast, but um, being at youth camp and, I was on the way back on the bus, um, just back home, back to the church. And um, God was like, don't let other people's clarity of their calling make you doubt that I created you for something significant. And like that changed, that changed me and my mentality of like who God is and what he does, because God doesn't really need to show you what he's created you for. For him to be good to you he doesn't have to show you exactly oh well you're gonna you're gonna be a pastor you are gonna lead a church of 2,567 people and all of them are gonna be saved in the same day like you, you don't need that clarity in order to trust God or you shouldn't have to have that clarity in order to trust God that that trust if you're trying to get trust that way that isn't even trust that's just having facts and then you believing them that yeah, and um, it, it not it's not just trusting; it's also being open and surrendering to that calling when it's there. Yeah, your calling can never go away. God has a calling on your life; it's irrevocable, can't mm-hmm. be taken away. Um, but you just have to be open and ready to receive that. Yeah, and I'm not preaching to you; I'm 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 like talking to myself. Yeah, you know I understand this, and you know it says in Romans eleven twenty nine, for the gifts of the for the gifts and the calling of God are irrevocable, for he does not withdraw what he has given, nor does he change his mind about those who, those to whom he gives his grace or to whom he sends his call. That's in the Amplified Bible. But, um, you know, again, it's there. The, the calling's there. Your calling on your life is there. It's always going to be there. God's called you for purpose in this life. When are we going to surrender to him and know and be open enough to accept that calling on our lives and be able to move into that calling. Yeah. Um, I really like that verse. And um, this this other verse, I just wrote a mini message on the body of Christ. And I use one of these verses here. I forget what exact one I used, but it was in 1 Corinthians 12. Um, it's talking about the body of Christ. So the body of Christ, if you don't know, it's just simply... Um, like if you think of a body, it explains it, but this is just to simplify it. Um, think of a body. Every single part of your body has a specific area that it can work in. Like um, your foot can do something that your head can't. Your eyes can do something that your hands can't. Like it, it all has different purposes, but that doesn't devalue the thing that can't do the, the thing that the other thing can, if that makes sense. And so this, or Paul's writing again right here, 1 Corinthians 12, and um, verse 15, it says, uh, or verse 14, it says, yes, the body has many different parts, not just one part. If the foot says, I am not a part of the body because I am not a hand, that does not make it any less of a part of the body. If the ear says, I'm not part of the body because I'm not an eye, would that make it any less part of a body of the body? If, 
if the whole body were an eye, how would you hear? Or if the whole body were an ear, how would you smell anything? But our bodies have many parts, and God has made each part just where he wants it. How strange would it be if, how strange a body would be if it only had one part. Yes, there are many parts, but only one body. And then it goes into the body of Christ prior to that and also after that. But um, I encourage you to study that because it's really interesting. But I I thought of this um, because uh, for me anyway, walking into serving at my church now, um, like everyone was like, yeah, I'm going to become a youth pastor. I'm going to become a youth pastor, whatever. And that's awesome, but some people aren't even called to that. They just think that's like the goal, if that makes sense. Like, I'm going to serve so much until I get to the point where I'm going to be youth pastor, right? And that's awesome if you have been called to that, but it's really bad if you haven't been. And so people think, oh, well, this is just the main thing. I'm going to get to this point and I'm going to be youth pastor. Yes, all of us have been called to areas of ministry, but some of us just haven't been called to being a youth pastor, if if you know what I'm, if you know what I mean, and um, all of you have a calling. Every single person listening to this podcast has a calling. Don't try to duplicate or mimic someone else's. If that makes sense, try to mimic Christ in the way that He was open to every single area of serving, so that He could find His specific area of His calling and His purpose. That's pretty spot on, Mace. <laughs> Um, you know, again, going back, keep going back to this thing and recognizing God's calling. And, you know, you, there's people that have their, you get opinions of others that might come to you and say, you should, you should be a preacher. You should, God came to me and he told me that, that, that you should be a preacher. And the the thing is, I heard a preacher talk about this one time, and he said, that's great that you heard that, but until I hear that, I'm not going to respond or respond to that. God hasn't come said to me, there's no confirmation in me, so I'll take your word, I'll, I'll listen to your word and your advice, but I'm also going to, I'm going to go to God with this, and I'm going to, I need confirmation from the source, you know, knowing that this is my calling, because there's people that can see you in that position. Mm-hmm. Like Mason, I can see you in the position of a pastor, and I know, you know, since you were very young, that you've had this calling on your life for some for something, and you've confirmed that with me. You've confirmed that you've heard the voice of God before. Yeah. So you told me that when you were an inf- not an infant, but you were you were very young, you know, toddler, and I always prayed about that because. You know, that meant a lot when you said that to me, and I just knew that it was something, there was something there. And and so I just prayed about it. I didn't come back to you and say, you should be a preacher, you should be a pastor, you should go after your, you know, go where you feel you should be. But you were never pressured to that. You came to us and said, this is what I want to do. This is what I'm called to do. Yeah. And you had confirmation through your discipline, through your through your reading, reading of your Bible, your studying of the Bible constantly, your involvement with the youth, and and, and just really are led to, to be a leader, a preacher. And I've said that since you were young, and I've prayed that over your life since you were young, that, you know, God's got a, got a calling on your life, and you're going to be a, 
not just a, uh, you know, not just there to change people, but change people in this world and change the world for the kingdom. And uh, you're going to make big gains, and I believe that. And I never pushed or pushed that on you, but I know that it was, you know, that, that God confirmed that through you personally. Yeah. I feel like I like I and I was thinking about this all along while you were talking is like a lot of times like I we've always encouraged you to each step takes you to the next, you know, and you're and each thing is going to they kind of all interlock interchange, whatever It's kind of like connecting the dots. And if you walk into a situation and like you have your eyes on one focal point like you said some kids they I want to be a youth pastor or whatever and they think you know that's the only focus that they have they're not sent they're like you're saying they're not being sensitive to you know quite possibly that might this is going to lead you towards your calling but you're not being sensitive to God speaking to you and you know and it might possibly be in ministry not a youth pastor, but it could be somewhere else in ministry. There's so many different avenues. Um, but, you know, and that's what, you know, I'm grateful that you're open to whatever opportunity comes your way. You're always like, hey, I'm going to go try this because I, you know, this might be another part of my calling. And and you're always open and receptive to, you know, trying whatever that new opportunity is which always will lead you into, you know, a right direction if it's your calling. But I think even as adults, you know, I, I know that dad has a friend that was just, he just like had this idea one day, I'm going to, I'm just going to, I'm just going to try to play the guitar and had, I mean, we're talking like, this is like a, I don't know, probably he's like in his fifties, right? 50 year old man that has never played the guitar in his entire life picked up the guitar started playing and you know and he just he felt led by god to just try so he just picked you know went to the store bought a guitar started practicing went to youtube started practicing completely learned how to play the guitar on his own mm-hmm. well he didn't do it on his own he he went out of his way and made sure he, he had he got the lessons and and was you know, he actively pursued professional lessons to learn how to play, and it just led to him because he was open to the opportunity, and he knew God was calling him there. Yeah. So he was open to it, and he really stepped out of his comfort zone to go learn how to how to play the guitar. And now he's playing on the worship team, and he's not just playing one time. He played this morning. Mm-hmm. I talked to him this afternoon, and they've asked him to play again next week. So now he's becoming <laughs> a regular. Yeah. So it's really, things are really, um, really shaping up. And really, you know, he's really been led after hearing um, Gratitude one time by Brandon Lake. Mm-hmm. He just really felt a calling to do this. So not not that it's a career change, but it's, it's, it's worship. It's helped him through different times in his life, and it's really been encouraging to him and, a lot, and many others. Mm-hmm. We were on our way home because we just got off the Disney cruise yesterday. So we were on our way home and he called to ask for prayer because he was getting nervous, you know, like you got nervous right before you started, you know, when you were like one of the times you preached in front of the youth and you know how you get like that 
nervous feeling or whatever, you know, where you start to gain fear or you start to doubt yourself or whatever. And that, that sometimes does come, you know, where you're going to you're going to feel that way when you're following, you know, your purpose and your goal, you know, like what your calling is, you're, you know, when you're following that, sometimes that's going to happen. That doesn't mean that that's not your calling though, you know, and, and what we told him on the phone yesterday when that, when he called and asked for prayer and dad and I were, you know, we were driving down the road and I said, just remind him of what we told Mason, you know, when you went up on stage and you, you know, you were whatever the night before the day we were driving you to church, whatever. I don't remember when we were talking to you specifically, but we remind you, reminded you, or you might even said this to us, Mason. I don't remember, you know, this is not about me, mom. This has nothing to do with me. This has everything to do with God. And I'm just going to follow his, you know, his, his lead. You know, a lot of times, you know, we feel that opposition when we're about to step into our calling where you're going to feel pushback. Of course, Satan doesn't want you to pursue your callings, you know, you're going to feel that way. But as long as you are aware of that. Yeah. And I feel like um, if I could give an encouragement to someone listening to this, it's like um, that maybe like they don't have clarity of calling. Or maybe it's just the conflict of calling. Like, I I can I can play the guitar, but I can also uh, speak very well. But I can also sing. But I can also do business very well. But I can also do uh, this, 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 and this. And then I like whatever else. Like you love so many things, and you're good at so many things, and and you <clears throat> love those different areas. I would just encourage you just to experiment every single area. To its, to its fullest extent. Because yeah. this is what I did. I I found my love for worship. I found my love for um, having a microphone in my hand by putting myself in the place of being like, this is where God has placed me. Um, we talked about it um, in, the, in a couple episodes before. This is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it, right? Every single day that you walk into, there's a new opportunity. No matter if you realize it or not, there's an opportunity for you to bring God glory and there's also an opportunity for you to walk closer into that calling he has made you for. So are you going to rejoice and be glad in it or be annoyed because he, you don't have the clarity of what it is yet? Mm-hmm. Just like we heard today in church, you know, I don't have to do this. I get to do this. You know, that's I remember the very first time I heard someone say that um, it was Logan Stout. And I remember listening to him on stage. He's a motivational speaker. Um and he and he said that and it just like clicked in my brain where I was just like that goes with every single thing in life. You know what I mean? Whether you're, you know, making your bed in the morning, doing your homework in the evening, you know, whatever the task is, sometimes we don't feel like doing it. Sometimes it's like you're tired or whatever. You don't have to do this. You get to do this and you need to be grateful that you have the opportunity to do it, you know? Yeah. And I, um, another, uh, thing that I just want to remind people of is God is, like I said in the beginning, there's development for you, you who are listening, you, the person you're listening, the person listening to this, there's still, God is still going to develop you. Even if you feel like 
your 10,000 steps into calling or your 10,000 steps away from it, there's still a development for you to walk into that purpose Mm -hmm. and calling what we call calling. And I think that that development is important for you to realize while God is doing it through you. And, um, like, I think some people, like, there there might be some people are going through a difficult circumstance. Maybe their parents don't stop fighting. Maybe they're just struggling in school. I don't know what it looks like for people. And um, I don't know what it looks like for the person listening to this. But I just feel it's on my heart that God is trying to develop you through this circumstance. Mm-hmm. And he's not trying. The purpose of the circumstance was not to destroy you, but to develop you. Yep. He's not trying. And God isn't necessarily trying to uh, take you out of it, but transform you through it. And I think there is power in you realizing that everything isn't bad. Everything isn't um, terrible and everything isn't um, as bad as it may seem. And God is working that all for good. The Bible says that, and we know that all things work for the good of those who love God and are called according to his plan and purpose in in Romans 8. And so we can see that no matter what we go through, God is working that for good. It's not going to, that isn't going to change. And God, the Hebrew says that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He isn't going to change. His promises aren't going to change. His word isn't going to change. What he's promised that he's going to take you out and he's going to transform you through it, that's not going to change. I encourage you to put your trust in God, put your faith in God. And rely on him for your strength. Walking into this calling or what, even if you don't have clarity of it yet. Because he's going to put you in that spot with intentionality. And he's going to use what you're going through for your good. Yeah. I know a lot of times when I would walk through something really difficult in life. It was helpful if I, you know, going through it. You didn't always have this positive mindset. You know, going through it sometimes you're just thinking... Jesus is really no fun, but I would, you know, when I would get into the right mindset and, you know, during prayer and stuff, I would always remind myself, you know, Tammy, this is something you're going to go through. And one day you're going to help somebody get through this, you know, in their own life and their own walk and their own situation. You know, you're going to go through this difficult time, but it's going to be a part of your testimony and you're going to be able to help someone else because that's my spirit. I love to help people. So I'm going to be able to help someone get through this because a lot of times we feel like we're so alone when we're walking through difficult situations. You know, we feel like no one hears us or no one's listening or no one's there. Um, I always want to be that person. You know, once I get through a difficult situation, I want to be able to to be that person to someone that were, you know, that, that person that I wanted, I want to be there for that person. You know, I, I, you know, when you feel like you're alone, I don't want anyone to feel that way. Yeah. And, um, I think I posted something on my story and on my Instagram story. And, um, it said that it was a whole, um, it was this graphic designer, Christian graphic designer made this post and, um, I posted the thread to it um, and it said there is power in prayer. And then one of the slides that he made, one of the 10 slides he made, it said that God hears your prayers. Mm -hmm. And uh, I I feel like everyone that's been said to almost everyone, but 
I want you to realize that and not just have it be a thought in your mind, but a way of your life that God hears your prayers. Yep. And even if he doesn't like answer them or he doesn't like do something immediately, he hears it. Yep. It's not always your timing, his timing, you know? Yeah. And I, I don't know. I, I feel like there's a, there's a difference between you. Um, like I, I don't know. I think it's uh, there's something so cool in just realizing that God hears you when you pray. Like mm-hmm. it's almost like a conver- like he's sitting there with you like I'm talking to you guys. He hears you when you pray. Yeah. And I think that I I just thought that was really cool. Um it's been said to me so many times but like God hears you when you pray. It's really cool. Yep. Yep. Well, that's like I I was saying to you Mason about how we need to be intentional about our conversations with with God, and that I, I told you that I've been focusing on that a lot lately, and focusing on the and, and realizing that God really, or Jesus really, is right there with you. He, when you're praying, you you could sit down, you could actually, you're having a conversation with Him, like He's your friend, He's your best friend. You're right there. You're going to talk things out. You know, He's going to give you instruction. Um, you might not hear it verbally. But if you get quiet before God, you will hear it. And the the fact of the matter is, like, um, we're we're always asking, "What's my calling? What's my calling? What's my calling?" Well, it isn't. We have to. I think we have to remember that it isn't your calling. It's God's calling, not yours. Yeah. Right. So we have to stop focusing on the fact that, it, you know, what what's the calling in our life? If you want to know what, you know, where we really should be putting our focus and you know for the calling God has for us God's calling on our lives or what we're supposed to be doing that we have to like this is somebody quoted this I don't know who it was um but he said or he or she said don't chase your call chase chase God yeah who calls you mm-hmm. so if we have to stop focusing on what's our calling. What's our? It's not our calling. It's God's calling. Yeah. For our lives to reach others for the kingdom. Yeah. And I, you know, that that was pretty powerful when I when I heard that. Um, it's pretty awesome. Um, and also, you know, we always again we have so many, uh, it, so many things interfering in our lives these days. There's so much external forces, um, not forces, just things, uh, too many electronics, too many things getting in our way, too many distractions in our life that don't allow us to just be still, just be still in the presence of God. And, and, uh, if we have to do that first thing in the morning before anybody's awake, you know, and it's a quiet household or you do in the evening when others are asleep, there has to be a time where you just get quiet with God and be open mm-hmm. uh, and available. And yeah. I think that's the key is availability. And if you make yourself av- available by cutting out other things in your life, uh, we're all guilty of it, social media, <laughs> Netflix, uh, just things, sports, everything uh, that, that get in our way. Not that those are bad things, but we just have to know how to throttle back on yeah. those things. Um, yeah, I, I, this is one of my favorite, uh, like, um, if you 
have studied um Old Testament usually, but um there's a couple in the New Testament too. Um but there's names of God. <clears throat> God's name isn't just God. Um there's a bunch of different names. I don't know the number, but there's a lot. But this is one of the first ones mentioned in the Bible in Genesis 16. It might even be the first one. Um, uh, Genesis 16, verse 13. Thereafter, Hagar used another name to refer to the Lord who had spoken to her. She said, you are the God who sees me. She also said, have I truly seen the one who sees me? And um, so the God, the God who sees me, the name for that is El Roy. And so I thought that was really cool that she had this revelation when God spoke to her and she's literally questioning if she fully saw God, but she already knows God fully saw her. And that that's really cool to me anyway, where God sees you in your situation and no matter how distant or far he seems, the Bible says that when we draw near to God, he will draw near to us. And in our situation, in our difficulty, we can see that God will draw near to us as we draw near to him. And I I thought of this, that I don't think God so much needs to move, but our, we do. And we think, oh, what are you talking about, man? Like, do you th- are you talking about I need to go to church? No, I'm not talking about you need to go to church. I'm talking about you, your focus needs to be reset. And your focus is sometimes more significant than your is, it is more more, more significant than your circumstance. Yeah. What your, um, we wa- talked about this in the last one. Um, we talked to I talked about um uh, my camera. If I walk into a environment with the wrong settings, lens, um, whatever, all the different settings on a camera. If I walk into it with the wrong, um, settings, I'll never see the product that the camera can truly produce when I do have the correct settings. Yeah. It's the same when we walk into a situation when we have the correct mindset and focus, we can see the true goodness of God right. through whatever it looks like. Yeah. And I, I think the other thing too, I, I just, I just want to remind everybody, you know, a lot of times like dad was saying, you know, trying to find God's calling on your life. I feel like your calling is going to always be really closely tied to what you truly enjoy, like what makes you tick. Yeah. What makes you, you know, where you're where you're in, you know, where you're like our calling dad and I have always been called to the water. Mm-hmm. We love boats. We love being out on the water in doesn't matter what body of water it is. If it's on a boat, we're happy and content, right? Yeah. That's our calling. So, you know, I mean, there's been times that dad and I feel like, you know, we're in a water sports business. Are we doing what God's called us to do? Yeah. You know, but you can get creative with your callings. You know, we have a water sports business, but we shine you know, we are always, you know, shining God's image image to our customers. We're always trying to be, you know, that to our employees. You know what I mean? We're, we're always doing the best we can to be a positive reflection of exactly what God wants us to be, right? So 
you know, your calling doesn't necessarily have to be ministry. Your calling doesn't necessarily mean you're going to open up a, I don't know, a Chick-fil-A or a, you know, any kind of franchise or whatever it is. You know, you could be an accountant. You can be, you can, your calling is, it, it could be so many different things. It doesn't necessarily have to be in a church, you know? And <clears throat> I know that that was one thing that, that dad and I, or even dad has talked about this before in the past where he's, you know, he's a captain. He doesn't, you know, in the off season when we're not running our water sports business, he's, you know, delivering boats or driving large yachts for wealthy families. And he sometimes feels like, you know, am I doing what I'm called to do? But through his, you know, the, he always just tries to be the best uh, reflection of what God has, you know, through him, people see God in him and he, and people are drawn to him for that reason, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I want to just, I want to point this out. Um, Ministry, the definition of ministry is the work or or vocation. I think that's that word, vocation of a minister of religion. So it's simply you showing what your religion believe. It's a, 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 a synonym, I can't talk right now, a synonym for it is the church. Right. And so we are, if, if you look at the Bible, the church isn't a building. We are the church. Right. People are the church. And so... All of us, every single person is called to ministry. Ministry isn't a microphone. Right. Ministry isn't a platform. Ministry isn't church. Ministry or ministry isn't the. It isn't only that. It, yeah. Ministry isn't the building of church, right. if that makes sense. Ministry is simply you showing or I mean, I was going to I'm just going to say in the most churchy answer, I'm going to say it's just you spreading the gospel. Yeah. That's ministry. Yeah. And spreading the gospel isn't you knowing the entire bible that isn't right. the the gospels are matthew mark luke and john it's just the story of jesus it's gospel simply means good news yeah it's not you knowing the entire bible no but simply you showing the love of christ mm -hmm. jesus didn't say we would be known by our knowledge in the bible he said we would yep. be known by our love right and we wouldn't be known as disciples of jesus by our church attendance by our Bible streak on the U version Bible, by Which how many we lost? Because <laughs> yeah, we were on a cruise. <laughs> we lost our Bible streak on the cruise, but <laughs> I lost mine. Um, we wouldn't know. We wouldn't be known by our status or how many times we spoke on a platform, but simply by our love. Yeah. The Bible even says anyone who says they love but does not know God is a liar in First John four, and I believe that the love of God is so impactful and I don't know that that's just something crazy to me that we would be known by our love and not by like our knowledge or our yeah. wisdom, whatever. Yep, it's well, I just, think that's, go ahead. It's, it's just like when we were in Sunday school, when we were little, when you guys would go to the little classes in church, you know, where they said, let your light shine, you know, it's, the, it's, it goes back to the basics where it's simply just let your light shine. God, God will shine through you. You don't have to necessarily be preaching the word or speaking scriptures, you know, you just being you is going to 
shine the light. You know, it's it's definitely a reflection of God. Yeah, it's not standing on a, a platform, not standing on a soapbox on a street, preaching hell and damnation um, to, to people. I mean, even though the truth is, if you don't believe in Jesus and accept him uh, as your Savior, that he that he died for your sins and 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 uh you know that you you truly believe and accept that uh you will spend eternity in heaven if you don't believe that you don't go that route and you don't accept that and understand that and truly believe that then you you will uh spend eternity in hell um but the the point is you don't have to stand up on a soapbox and preach that and beat them beat people over the head with the bible love leads and you have to lead this whole process with love to bring people into the realization that God is real. And I think ultimately that is our calling for each and every believer. That's that, that's our calling. And it's through what avenue do we get there? That's the question. Yeah, and um, I talked about this in a past one that the end— Jesus' return will not come until every single person on earth has heard the good news of Jesus. The Bible says that. I forget where it is. I forget yep. exactly the verse, but it says it in its New Testament. Um, but I, I thought that was cool, and that verse was really cool. It was an End Times series I was watching on YouTube with um, some friends, but I was like, dang, so like you could speed up the process of Jesus coming back by you being willing to spread the gospel mm-hmm. is pretty cool. Um, but coming, coming back to it, um, like I said, there is a development for you to walk into that calling and there is a light that you need to shine in that. And the thing is, some people are ashamed of their light. Mm-hmm. They're ashamed of what they've been gifted with. And I don't think it's simply because or I don't think it's because their gift is embarrassing. I think it's because they have the wrong idea of what their gift is. Some people have been really gifted in some very specific but odd area. And you, like, I heard this one sermon and I was like, I thought it was really cool. He said, um, the areas that may, like, make you so mad, like, why, why is the ground sticky like why why is the bathroom dirty well why is um why is there trash on the ground why like why aren't they speaking good why aren't why is worship not as good as i want it to be whatever and yeah the areas you may be criticizing most maybe the areas you are called to the most right and those areas that seem like you know, they confuse you or they make you mad that when it doesn't look as good as you want it to or whatever, they may be the areas you're most called to. And you have to be observant of that Mm -hmm. and having that, um, just that thought that like, why is it, why is that annoying me? Why is that confusing me so much? Whatever it may be because God just wants you to focus on that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's, that goes back to, what was I saying in the beginning? I said something about if you're pursuing your dreams and advancing the kingdom of God, then your calling is going to be heavily opposed. That's uh, Ephesians 6, 10 through 20. Like it talks a lot about you're going to be, you're, you're going to face opposition. 
Things are going to get frustrating. Things are going to get annoying. There's going to be people that are going to drive you crazy. You know, there's going to be little things that are going to be thrown in there that are going to, they're definitely going to challenge you, you know, but you just have to face it as it's, it's, it's going to strengthen you to become a better Christian, to be a light, to be a witness to these difficult people, because, you know, like dad and I don't work in a church. We work with people that are definitely not going to church, you know? So we, it's a challenge for us to stay strong and to stay, you know, uh, walk that line and be that reflection because, you know, um, it's, it's important to always be that person to these people that are lost and challenged in life without God. Um, I remember when dad's father was passing away, one of his very last, um, requests, you know, when he was passing away, what he, he wanted everybody to, you know, he was, he was singing a song about being an echo, you know, like you want, you always want to send out what you want to get back. You know what I mean? You always want to give what you want to receive. You want to be the person that you want someone to be to you. You know, you, you just want to always just remember that when you're, you know, you're, you're walking through life, just even if they are a difficult person, be the person to them that you would want them to be to you. And God will work on them through you, you know? Yeah, back to what you were saying about opposition, that when you're truly in God's calling, you will face opposition, like you said. And that's just confirmation right there. That's confirmation that, that Satan's coming after you. Because Satan knows that you're in, you're in, your the the calling God has on your life. You're in that. So the more you pursue that, he's going to be on your heels trying to pull you back. Uh, so this goes back to what I'm trying to remember that um, that one saying. uh, Oh yeah, um, that Satan's not worried that you're going to heaven. He knows you're going to heaven. Mm-hmm. He's not worried that you're going to heaven. What he's concerned with is you getting other people, mm-hmm. uh, sharing your sharing God with other people, so that they go to heaven. Yeah, that's what he's concerned. Here he knows he can't stop you from going to heaven. He can't stop your salvation, mm-hmm. but he can stop you from sharing that with others, so that he can claim them for his kingdom. Yeah, and I remember seeing this one video. Um, I, it was, why can't I, I, I forget this guy's name, but he was a really cool leader and it was like, I hope that when I die, the kingdom of hell rejoices because I'm no longer on the, no longer on the field. You know yeah. what I mean? And that's like the goal. It's like, finally, this guy, he's done, you know? Yeah. And, um, I thought that was cool. That's like. The quarterback of the other team getting hurt so yeah. that they don't win the game. Yeah. 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 And <clears throat> being like being that impactful leader makes other impactful leaders. Yeah. Being that leader that's so outgoing and so just loving will make other leaders like that. Um, but yeah. Oh, that saying was cool. Yeah. <laughs> I know it says in Romans twelve two. 
Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into the new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. So yeah, it goes back to like when you're dealing with those difficult people, the people that are constantly going to challenge you or, you know, bring up your past or bring up your weaknesses or, you know, I don't know, like, you know, there's just so many things you, we, you know, the older you get, the more people, you know, and the more, you know, history you have with certain people, whether it's family or friends, and they always want to bring you back down, you know, these negative people, they want to bring you down and you just have to remember to, you know, to, to not, to just hold strong to, you know, God's word. Yeah, and I mean, I think God honors our decisions, Yeah, no matter if they're for him or not. We can see in um, Exodus, or I think it's even in Numbers, um, in Numbers when the people finally, when the Israelites finally get to the promised land, and then I think it was 12, 12 groups, something like that, um, they all went in to the promised land um and they stayed there for 40 days i believe yeah i think it was 40 days and um all all of them come back and then two guys are like yeah we can do this surely we can do this we can go back because god promised us we know we can do this because god is so good to us and we've gotten here so why do we stop now and then the other however many tribes were like nah bro we can't do this because of how many people are here blah 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 when God already told them that they were there, or God already told Moses that they were there. But that's besides the point. The rest of the people, so it was approximately 2 million Israelites at this time, decided we ain't going there, and they all died in the wilderness because they didn't want to go into the promised land because of their fear of walking into it. But the only people, I will, I, I'm trying to remember the story. I haven't, I haven't read it in a while, but... The only people that went into the promised land were the people that said, surely we can do it. And I think that God honors our decision and he honors whether we're going to walk into the thing he has promised us or walk away from it. And God's going to honor that decision. And it's up to you if you want to walk into calling or you want to walk away from it. Are you going to walk away from it when it seems hard or are you going to walk into it because you know what God has promised you? Because 40 years prior, God said to Moses that these people were in this land. He said that these people were already here. They could have spent 40 years knowing that he was there or knowing that these tribes were there because he said the other people came back and they're like, we're like grasshoppers among them. Like they're such big people and we're like little grasshoppers. And like they were like trying to like hype them up when in reality, God was much bigger than any circumstance that was thrown at them. And God had already promised the promised land. Like he already promised that they were going to make it there. He already promised that they were going to walk into the land with flowing of milk and honey. But when they finally got there, they were so close to walking in. But the thing that stood in the way was their fear of walking into it. And that's why they didn't go in. That's why they didn't enter the promised land. They were too comfortable where they were, even though they were slaves. 
And that's right? why they, they literally then, said, let's go back to Egypt. Right, because they were taken care of. That's their comfort zone. They were within their comfort zone. Yeah. So they weren't willing to make the change to move into the calling God had for them. That's Their faith wasn't wasn't there, wasn't strong enough. And I think, I think that maybe some of them were, but they were doubted. Their doubt was created by others in them, in their weakness, that they doubted that this isn't the right thing. Let's just go back. We're safe there. At least we're fed, you know? Even though they complained when they were there, when they came out of that, they were so close to a breakthrough and so close to, to everything God had promised them. But they were afraid to take that last step. Mm-hmm. And I think so, so many times we're so close to walking into what God has called, called us and we're so close to getting to an opportunity or walking... Like, we're so close to getting to that, but we walk away right when fear tries to take over us. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I heard this in a sermon that in Matthew 14, uh, when Peter was walking on the water towards Jesus, mm-hmm. um, when Peter started to focus on the outside circumstances, when he started to focus on the wind, on the waves, anything else outside of Jesus, he sank right there. And... He said, save me, Lord. And then it says that Jesus reached out and grabbed him. You know how close you have to be to someone to be able to grab them out of the water? You have to be pretty close. And so he was so close to being able to touch Jesus, like take him by the hand. But as soon as he got there, the fear of what could have happened took over his focus on the power that reigned above every single fear. And so, and like that, I'm going to, I'm going to read this uh, story in Numbers 13 and then we can end real quick. But um, there's a song of, and it's called God. Yeah. God of revival. Um, And it says, why would my heart fear what you defeated? And I think that's very true that we shouldn't be fearing what God has already defeated because that's already dead to God. So why would we try to resurrect it so that we could stay away from what he has called us to? And so right here, it's in Numbers 13. um, Numbers 13, verse 25 through 33, something like that. Um, But it says, after after exploring the land for 40 days, uh, the men returned to Moses, Aaron, and the whole community of Israel at Kadesh. Um, in the wilderness of Paran. I'm going to try to pronounce these names best I can. Um, They reported to the whole community what they had seen, and they showed them the fruit that they had taken from the land. This was the report to Moses. We entered the land you sent us to, sent us to explore, and it was indeed a bountiful country, a land flowing with milk and honey. Here is the fruit it produces. But the people living Living there were powerful, and in their towns were large and fortified. We even saw giants there, the descendants of Anak, the Amalekites who live in the Negev, the Hittites, the Jebusites, the Amorites, live in the hill country, the Canaanites live along the coast of the Mediterranean Sea and along the Jordan Valley. But Caleb, he tried to quiet the people 
as he stood before Moses, let's go at once to take the land. He said, we can certainly conquer it. But the other men who had explored the land with him disagreed. We can't go up against them. They are much stronger than we are. So they spread this bad report among the Israelites. The land, er, the land we traveled through, through and explored will devour anyone who goes to live there. All the people were so huge. <laughs> we saw were huge. We even saw giants there. The descendants of Anak next to them. We felt like grasshoppers, and that's what they thought too. Did it ever say they talked to the giants? <laughs> never approached them. They never. They never walked up to them. But apparently, the giants thought they looked like grasshoppers too. But anyway, I thought this. I thought this was cool, and that Caleb he was like, "Hold up, we can go in, not because of what we are." but because of who God is and and what he has promised. And it's similar to us. We know that God, like we read in the beginning in um, Ephesians 4.1, God has created you and called you for a purpose. And even if you can't see that yet, it's there. But the most significant part in walking into purpose is not having the fear of, well, what if this happens? What if this happens? Because that is a lie out of the pit of hell. God would never say, what if they reject you? He wouldn't say that. Only Satan would. And so walking into purpose, we have to remember and know how to distinguish the voice of God from the voice of Satan. The voice of Satan is always going to degrade you, condemn you, and make fun of everything and try to get you to believe that everyone's going to make fun of you if you do something. The voice of God is going to convict you and say, hey, man, I know this looks really cool, but I've called you to something better. There's a difference between conviction and development and con- condemnation and just trying to make fun of you in this situation and instilling fear. And so if there's one final piece of advice I would give is um, really read the word of God, study it, um, whatever you feel called to study, pray about it, because this is how you're going to distinguish God's voice by knowing what he's already said you will know the sound of his voice. Jesus says that we would know this, uh, that he is the shepherd and his sheep know the sound of his voice and recognize it. And so as followers of Christ, we should know the voice of God and be able to distinguish it from our flesh, Satan, whatever else is trying to talk to us, and God, Holy Spirit, and Jesus that's trying to speak life into us. Yeah. And I do believe that, you know, while we're pursuing our, you know, our callings, that each step has a purpose and God will, and everything, you know, it's, I mean, it it says in Romans 8, and we know that God causes everything to work together for good of those who love God and are called according upon his purpose for them. So, each step we take in the right direction, making sure that we're, you know, we have our eyes and our heart is positioned in the right place and God is our focus. Each step we take is going to, de- you know, God's going to have our back, just like you said. Yep. I think you covered some really good points, Mace. I think we all, you know, came to a better realization what calling is all about. And, uh, you know, we need to, Again, be aware of the voice of God and just always remember if you're always 
if if you if there's one thing to remember, if you want to know if you're in God's calling and what's going on, always remember what he said to you last. What's the last thing that he said to you? Yeah. Go with that and he'll lead you to the next thing. God's always going to lead you to the next step. Not necessarily going to show you a full vision of everything that's going to happen like you were saying in the beginning tonight about you know you you see god's not going to give you a vision of a church with thousands of people that you're going to pastor and you're going to lead them all they're all all going to get saved in one night one day at church he's not going to give you that vision he's going to lead you step by step yeah and it's a step of faith Mm -hmm. and you're calling god's calling on your life is through faith yeah yeah and yeah, God's calling. Also, this <clears throat> I could talk about calling forever, but God's calling will bring Him glory before you. It's always going to bring Him glory before you, and if you're prioritizing your glory before God's, it's not going to work. You're trying to work backwards. That's not God's calling. Yeah, it's yours because it's not about. I mean, you. it's 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 not your calling. You are trying to make a calling. If that makes sense. You're trying to make up your own calling because you think, oh, well, that's cool. I like them. They're cool. I'm going to try to be like them, whatever. And you're trying to make up a known calling instead of walking in the calling calling God has made you for. And there's different um, things mentally, physically, whatever God has gifted you in that are specific and tailored specifically to your calling that allows you to walk into it the way God wants you to. And so... Um, yeah, and I think the main point, the main takeaway today is just the calling that God has placed on your life is mainly going to be about him. It's not going to be about you and it being about him will take the pressure off of you and letting him fully work through you will fully accomplish the calling and purpose he has made you for. So yeah, this was episode Eight, yeah, eight. I Better think get it right because Joy's gonna smack you upside your head if you got it wrong. Joy got mad at me because <laughs> I said it was seven, and I'm sorry. It was six. <laughs> I'm sorry, um, but I think this is eight. If it's not, it's an just episode. stop listening now. If it, if I'm saying the wrong number, just stop listening now. Um, but yeah, thank you for listening to episode whatever the heck this one is. Um, we'll see you, uh, yeah, next Monday. Thanks for listening. We love you. Thank you for just uh, coming back and listen every upload. Um, yeah, it's been fun so yeah, far. Yeah, this so. is eight. Yeah, I got it right this time. You, you got I seven. Got right I just pulled up Spotify. <laughs> you got seven up now, so this is eight, right? Yeah. All right. Oh. Um, yeah. Cool. I got it right this time. <laughs> uh, we'll see you all next Monday. For the next upload. We're getting closer to Christmas. I'm excited. Uh, See ya.